Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcasts from Wawandri land in Kulin Nation, Stolen Land. We pay our respects to elders past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. On Saturday the 7th of May, Jennifer Compton was feature poet at the weekly event Cherry Poets held in Cremorne at the Cherry Tree Hotel. The trusty 3CR portable recorder was on the scene to capture her performance, which we present to you today. Here is Jennifer Compton at the Cherry Tree. Ah, do we love one another enough yet? Last night I walked down to our supermarket through a tunnel of gentle rain and every person rushing by me was another world of difficulty and difference. I did not stop them, did not put out a summoning hand and mention ice caps. I allowed their stream of consciousness to pass through me. Why worry them yet? Soon enough is soon. If they are not worried now, they will be worried soon. And if there is nothing to worry about, we are sweet. Squatting on a mushroom that won't go boom. A mushroom that goes boom is an olden times, behind the eyes, nightmare. All this time, I have been pondering the wrong storm. <laughs> Getting old is not for the weak, as Stephen and I were discussing. But, you know, there's some beautiful golden moments. And here's a poem called Three Instances. I am already forgiven, over and over again. There is nothing to regret. When I am thinning radish, I munch the thinnings up in all their dirt. I like a bit of dirt now and then. Knock me off my perch. It's disgusting to hear me braying like a proud fool. I disgust myself. I sit in my front garden like an old woman, my hands loose in my skirted lap, and I feel the weight of my destiny lift off me. A blackbird in silhouette with one golden eye perched in the leafless persimmon tree. We all know that particular tree dangles golden fruit from a leafless branch, don't we? We do now. Sudden, so perfect, mind's eye, I am loved. One golden eye 
and below, golden fruit upon the bough. My first set I'm doing all from my, um, my 11th book, which I got a beautiful apt photo from my friend Coral Carter, who's a wonderful poet and also a supreme photographer. Uh, this one's called Three Grapefruit Behind a Lace Curtain. Um, uh, the second set, I'll do some new work. You know, I'm struggling on with the 12th book. Doesn't get easier, doesn't get easier. Um, I'll read you um, I'll read you a long poem which I, I don't read a lot because you know usually one's open micing and one is sensitive to the time issues but um, <laughs> we could <laughs> we can relax and enjoy feel the guilt, feel the, guilt. <laughs> the old man and the tower. It's all a bit mythical, this one. What a knee-buckling weight he is, the old man sat astride my shoulders. The sheer heft of him, the yoke of his thighs, so much meat and bone in him, a nodding cannonball for a head, larger than life-size, his stentor chest. Homer wrote of Stentor that his voice was as powerful as 50 voices of other men. That loud man died, it is written, after getting into a shouting match with the trickster son of Zeus. Women don't shout much. We scream. What manner of tower might it be? Some crumbling old wreck from antiquity, some grace and favour heritage listed place of last resort for the fairy and the demon. Without recourse, I carry him upon the back of my neck, finding each spiral step with a careful seeking foot nearly at the top, and still he sings like a little child, hanging on to my ears, hoping for a good view, legs dangling athwart. I have the impression that the old man assumes he is mounting this archaic structure of his own accord, that each increment of height seems no more than he deserves. Is he our sacrifice? Will I tip him onto the cobblestones below once I have gained the view? Is it a kill-the-father job? It's like a chess piece, this tower, crenellated. Permission to fortify, sir! This is the territory of Answerback. This is where the all of ministry bites. Enough, enough, enough. Eek, 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 eek. Or better now, calm as a mill pond, smooth as a smoothing iron, whatever that is, dashing away. Not one to assure burden, no. Happy to pull as hard against the collar or lift a load as anyone, but my littleness against your immensity. The tower, so it seems, is finite, tops out into vaporous cloud, the realm of what comes next? There may be other towers about. 
Who knows? I don't know. Intent, like a lonely donkey, withers rung, a jenny or a henny. My being is set upon this task, such as the donkey song. So I steady you, one hand poised upon your flank, the other hoisted on a cant for balance. So and, and I take the next step. And if that sounded like a threat, it is. <laughs> This is the um, last one of my first set. Ivana, do you remember that wonderful night we had at the uh, Melbourne Spoken Word event? You were wearing a lovely tail coat. Uh, that was a good night out. People lining up down the road to buy a ticket for poetry. Oh, wasn't it a great night? And then we all went to that nice um, bar afterwards and we caught a... We shared a taxi and you dropped me off at the nunnery. Yeah. Oh, I love the nunnery. Yes, Ivana looked splendid. Right, um, so I'm going to read the poem that I did that night. It's called In the Museum of the Wars. A little man kneeling to sight along the line of his gun. A little man dying... A little blasted tree. Little men advancing across a glazed sward. Little tanks with caterpillar tracks. Little planes jinked up on wires. Set pieces in showcases. A stiff procession behind glass. Then a black bakelite phone handy on the wall. The wooden plaque it is affixed to, smoothed by fingertips, an upright provocation as my kids and husband mill. I pluck the phone from the cradle, bend my ear towards the archival voices of the tremulous boys, of reverent boys, high in a bomber, over Germany, the lights below, blossoming at their bedding. Did you see that? Look at that. They chuckle, drawing in their breath. I did not expect this blithe parley in the belly of the war. Then sudden, a flurry of jargon pinging through the cabin, and there is a thundering, the noise of the engine. I listen to the loop again, and again. Sad we have to keep on listening to that loop, don't we? Thanks, guys. See you soon. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live.
This is the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, or streaming on the web from 3cr.org.au. My name is Brendan Bonsack. On today's show, we are replaying a live reading at the Cherry Tree Hotel by poet, playwright, and prose writer Jennifer Compton. They were playing um, Dylan in the front bar when I went out to get my second free drink. So um, that encouraged me to um, read a poem from, um, was it our first lockdown? Anyway, it was two Augusts ago. <sighs> it's called It Must Be August in Melbourne. You know how you lost sense of everything? Mm. It must be August in Melbourne. I have a posy of wild freesias in a little antique glass ink pot in my room, and they are stinking the place up without a care in the world. How can I describe their scent? Green, sweet, honey, yeast. What's remarkable is a couple of them can stink a room out. They are hard ass. I'm a bit of a bluebird. No, no, I mean bluebeard when it comes to freesias. I must have the first of them in my chamber. I woke up this morning from a dream in which someone was singing the Titanic sails at dawn. I was curious and puzzled away until I could work out what was going on. Tessellation Row, of course, by Dylan. The city in which I live has, to some extent, become a desolation city. I had always thought that desolation would somehow be more personal with literary references, more exquisite and consummate and not quite so damn desolate. I got very lazy during COVID lockdown. I mean, I, I do feel privileged I was in Melbourne and got, got crushed more than anybody else in the world. <laughs> I mean, how much more could they crush us? But, you know. But I wrote very little. Um, but this one... It's too cutesy-poo. It's not going to go in the next book. You know, my reputation as a hard-ass. <laughs> but um, it's sort of archival. It's from the early days of lockdown. And it's called... Now, can you hear me? Because they are making a racket in the front bar. You can hear me good. The Strangle Bears... Sort of a bit Enid Blyton, the strangle bears. <laughs> the two of them are the leftovers from the hunt some kind people thought up to give the kids a reason to walk around the block in their family bubble during the time it all suddenly stopped like that. We didn't have a teddy bear, but we did have a six-foot-high wooden giraffe with a sweet smile on its face. So we propped it so it could peep over our tall front fence. And there's the thing. 
where we live, we have fortress fences. So no one can look in and we leave home and our tanks with tinted windows via automatic gates. They open and they close. So no way to spot a Ted lurking behind a curtain in a bay window or disporting on a front porch in a rainbow hat. So needs must... And two neighbours attached their offerings by their necks with plastic ties, nice and tight, goggle-eyed, stumpy arms and legs splayed. And they are still there, although, although the game is over. And that is all that I have to say about that at this time. We've got a lovely big open mic, so, you know, I'm really not going to be selfish. I'm, I'm going to be lazy, and I'm only going to do two more poems. I'm not going to read you the big three-page feminist rant about how badly I've been treated by men in the past. No. <laughs> no. Not at this time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to read you a little gardening poem because gardening became my sanctuary, my tiny little plot. I became very intimate with my mint and my beans. And here's a little threatening poem I wrote last year about um, how we're all going to die of hunger. <laughs> and get your act together. And it's called Saving Seed. Next year, you will be hungry. I can guarantee. Eye off the climbing bean pod, dangling, yellowing, the one that got away from this year's picking. Inside, count them with your fingers, five chances. Wait a bit. Wait a bit. Soon they will be wrapped in a twist of brown paper. Now... Put the five unquickened pulses into a dry, dark drawer. Next year, you will be glad of them. Believe me. And um, I actually planted last year's seeds, and I got a crop this year. <laughs> um, wow, have you seen the price of broccoli in the supermarket lately? Man. Leeks, anything, pumpkin, asparagus, what? So, you know, time to start growing. I'm going to finish with a poem for my beautiful husband of 50 years. 50 years I have been married to this man. Now, he has... um a talent, a talent people will pay good money for. Um, and they're still paying good money. He's just had his 80th birthday and they're still throwing money at him. He has a beautiful voice. Now, if you've ever listened to Channel 9, you would have heard his voice. If you've ever heard a John West commercial, you would have heard his voice. 
My husband does voiceovers. He is a voice. He has a beautiful voice. Sometimes I call it his chocolate voice. Sometimes I call it the voice of God. Sometimes I dance around the kitchen and sing, We're in the money! <laughs> he has a top-of-the-range microphone in our front room. When he is working, he closes the door, but I can hear his thrilling tones reverberating throughout the house. As he whips up interest in something he has no interest in. My sister got cross with him because she had been bamboozled by the latest scaremongering witch hunt thing. I believed him, she said. He's a wonderful liar, I replied. I hear his voice everywhere. At home, when I am playing click the remote, in a taxi with the radio on, in a bus, in a shop, in a cafe, in a mall. Sometimes I'm startled and blurt, there's my husband. And people turn and look for him. The fact of the voice hanging in the air and the beauty of that voice, its sublime authority, persuades us, it seems, to hardly register that it is attached to, must be attached to, someone. Will he say anything he is paid to say? Yes. <laughs> Almost anything. Very nearly anything. I have asked him when I have been intrigued by some new story the channel is touting, some decades-old miscarriage of justice, some new outrage to public decency. What is that all about? And he shrugs. I don't know. I just say it. <laughs> the script goes in the eyes and out the mouth without touching the brain. <laughs> when we met... He was all for Shakespeare. He was directing Richard III and cast me as Lady Anne. The innocent years when rents were cheap and all our friends were broke. You have been listening to The Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio, where we replayed a live reading at the Cherry Tree Hotel by poet, playwright and prose writer Jennifer Compton. Jennifer's 11th and most recent book of poetry, The Moment Taken, was published by Recent Work Press in 2021. Check out our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word for more info and links. And there you can also find podcasts of our many past shows, all free to download, thanks to Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bodsack. Thank you so much for listening.